Welcome to the Dream Big, My Friend podcast, where you will find all the inspiration you need to begin living a more intentional life today. Because no matter where you are right now in life, it's never too late to dream big, my friend. And now here's your host, Francis Vitakovic. Welcome, my friends, to this episode. We're going to be having a conversation today about minimalism and how to be a minimalist mom, especially when your house is a mess or a disaster zone. So I actually fell in love with the less is more approach when we started going camping. Well, we've been going camping for so many years and every year when our family would go away camping, I just discovered that that was when I was at my happiest, when we were all living out of a suitcase with only a handful of our favorite clothes and favorite possessions. I love the fact that it took like a few minutes to clean up my whole tent, you know, a minute to do a quick sweep, one minute to wipe the airbeds down and a minute just to tidy up our possessions. And I love the fact that the kids didn't miss everything that they had left at home. We sort of were happy and content with what we had. So it was definitely the simple life. And it was always interesting, like when we'd come back home to this house that a week ago was totally fine, but post camping, it always seemed so stuffed and overstuffed possessions that we didn't really need. So half my clothes, I honestly didn't even wear them anymore. And most of the books that I had on my bookshelves, I had no intention of ever reading again. And all those books that I'd sort of packed kids mementos, I didn't actually even know what was inside them anymore. So maybe you felt the same way as I have felt, which is just that need for less, the need to like seriously embrace minimalism, start to get rid of things that you don't need. Now, if that's the case for you, I'm so happy to be sharing my tips with you in this episode because I've definitely made it my mission to live a simpler life. Now, you can actually find out more information in my Less Is More roadmap, okay? So you can find that on dreambingmyfriend.com. But for now, I just want to share with you why I think it's so important to live simply. And it's actually one of those aha moments when the light bulb goes off and you discover that material possessions and stuff don't actually buy you happiness. So when you realize this, that the true feeling of happiness and contentment that every human in this world is chasing, when you discover that it doesn't come from the things that you own, no matter what those ads on TV are trying to hell you, it is a liberating discovery. Do you know how cool it is to know that you don't have to have a house full of things? And the number of your possessions does not indicate your level of happiness. It really doesn't. Instead, happiness comes from those amazing feelings of love and peace and confidence that you can only find in yourself. So if you still think otherwise that the latest dress that you're buying or another book or a lipstick or whatever it is, if you think that equals happiness and that that purchase was a necessity, I just want you to potentially think that that might not be the case because here is the harsh truth. Most of our purchases are not true needs. They are simply wants. And if you're buying something that you want and for that reason, that is totally fine. As long as you have that understanding in your head, the difference between a need and a want. And most of the things that we bring into our house that we later like think, oh, why did I buy that? They could have just simply been avoided. So to help you differentiate between a true want and a need, I want you to ask yourself the following questions each time before you make a significant purchase. So I like to ask myself, well, what will happen if, if I don't make this purchase? So what will happen if you don't buy it? Question number two is, do you already have something similar at home? If you do, why are we buying another one? Number three is, will you be using this item more than just a few times? Number four is, if not, could a similar item be borrowed from someone else? 
And number five is what do you predict is the lifespan of this item? Number six is what value will this item hold in a year's time? I love that question. Like, do you think it will still be the same value? And number seven is have you actually got room for this item in your house? Okay, it's important to diagnose. Do you actually have the space for more things? Trust me, less is more. So with minimalism, less is more. And it's something that I've tried to consciously embrace over the last few years. Less stress, less clutter, less maintenance, less baggage, less cleaning. And instead, when you embrace that less is more philosophy, you have more space, more time, more money, more happiness, more freedom. Now, even though I've been pretty good at simplifying my life over the last few years, I know I have it in me to be even more of a minimalist. That's always a journey. It's like a lifelong thing. Like you keep on working at it. All I remember is that back when I was in my 20s, I went on a Kentucky tour around Europe for 10 days with my sister and my backpack weighed 5.2 kilos. I still remember when this guy was doing the weigh-in, like they had to wear your bag and it was like a kid's school backpack and everyone else had lugged around these heavy suitcases. And at the time, I seriously was so confused. I didn't understand how everyone turned up with a suitcase for this trip when I had packed just honestly the bare essentials. I had packed like a few summer dresses, swimmers, a cardigan, underwear, toiletries. I had a book to read. I remember it was a uh, It was a Napoleon Hill book. I think it was called like a positive success attitude or something like that and not much else. So if I managed to get myself down to that, I feel like even now in my real life, I could go down even further. And I know that purely because I spent so many times living in Croatia on this little island. I think, I think I lived out of a suitcase. We really didn't have that much, but before the advent of kids, before we needed things just in case, before I would ever buy something that I would love in the future, just because it was unspecial, before life got warped and we started to think that we needed things to make us happy. I think at my core, I like to live simply and there's a good chance that you have that desire in you too. So whether we like to admit it or not, we do live in a more materialistic society today. And humans just have this tendency to collect stuff. I don't even know why it is. It must just be all the advertisements or whatever we see in the newspapers, on TV, everywhere. We think that we need that to be happy, but our brains are not equipped to deal with that much stimulation. If you look at everything around you, there's a good chance that you might be feeling stressed and anxious as a result of that clutter, even if it is organized clutter. So to become more of a minimalist, it's a two-part process. Number one, you need to get rid of the things that you don't want or don't need from your home. That's the first thing. You've got to get rid of the things that you don't need. And part B is obviously you need to stop bringing more things into your house. I think it's important to note that if you only do step one and not the other, you're unfortunately going to fail on your quest to minimalism. I wish it wasn't true, but you will, it will because these two steps are so intricately intertwined together. You need to do both, okay? So you need to get rid of the things that you don't want or need from your home and you need to also stop bringing more stuff that you don't need into your home, okay? Pretty obvious. So let's start with the first step to becoming a minimalist. Number one, which is clearing your house of clutter. So you guys hopefully should know the rules. If you have not used it for more than a year or if your kids or you have outgrown it or you no longer love, love, love it or you wouldn't be rushing to replace it if something happened to it, like it got broken, or if it doesn't serve you in any way, it is time to get rid of it. Now, I don't want you to be sad about saying goodbye to things because my new mantra-like question is this. Was I planning to take that item with me to the grave? Was it something I hoped to be buried with? In almost every situation, the answer is nope and no. Now, most people will admit, if push comes to shove, that if a particular item got destroyed in a fire, they probably wouldn't shed tears over it. There would be some things like I would be devastated if my wedding dress got burnt, but that old summer dress that's still in my wardrobe that doesn't really fit me anymore. Nah, no, I wouldn't miss it. 
And I mean, seriously, at what point was I planning to get rid of it? So why are you even holding on to something? So where I recommend that we start, okay, if we're going to be doing this less or more, I'm already doing it. I want to encourage you to do it is to start by throwing away 50 things. Just remember clutter causes stress and stress is one of the main barriers of productivity. That was said by Therese Ward. So if you want to find your purpose and discover what really matters in your life, you need to get rid of anything that doesn't matter. And next, not just anything, everything that doesn't matter. I don't think clutter doesn't matter because it does. It takes up so much space, just not even your physical surroundings, but in your head, your mental space. So I challenge you to start by today, throwing away anything that you don't love or need. If it doesn't bring you joy or if it isn't useful, it is time to bin it. You need to throw away 50 things. I like to challenge you to do at least 50. You can keep on adding more to that bye-bye pile if you like, but a minimum of 50. So watch what happens when you start to clear your space of that clutter. Your mood might instantly change. You might feel more at peace, more focused, more serene. The effect is potentially really profound. Okay. You might not even realize how much that stuff and clutter is causing you grief. So moving on after that, you have a few other options when it comes to decluttering. If an item is still in really good condition, donate it to a charity shop or someone in need. Cause that's my favorite thing to do. We have a local charity shop. Everything goes to them. You can also give it to a friend or a family member outside your home that would appreciate it. And if you are seriously attached to some things that have a lot of value and you don't want to get rid of it via a charity shop, just consider selling them. Like you can sell it on eBay and a buy, swap and sell book on Facebook, or even marketplace is a really good place just to get rid of more expensive, unwanted things. So not only will it make you psychologically feel freer, but it's also going to equal more money in your pocket. And last but not least, you can also just host an old fashioned yard sale. We call them garage sales here in Australia. Just go through every room in your house, decide what you no longer need or want. And once you have your stash, just plan your sale in advance. And your odds of making more money come just if you do a little preparation before the event, research how to host a really successful yard sale. So not only do you get to earn extra money, the bonus is that you get to declutter your home in the process. So let's start looking at the second part of becoming a minimalist, which is a secret so simple. You just need to stop bringing more things into your home. But how do you do this, especially if you're like prone to just buying things when they're on sale, etc.? The rule is really so simple. You just need to stop buying things that you don't really need. I could almost like repeat this 10 times. So we just stop buying things we don't need. You just stop buying things that you don't need. But if you still haven't got the memo, like to really execute this point, you need to learn to differentiate between the essential and non-essential items and understand the difference between a want and a need. Do not kid yourself. Like every time you consider buying something, you need to ask yourself, do I really need this or do I just want it? Because there is a difference and not everything that you want is also a need. So technically speaking, a need is something that's of paramount importance to your survival. Like you need it to sustain your life and livelihood. A want on the other hand is pretty much everything else. Something that you simply desire to have that you may or may not be able to obtain, but your life's not going to fall apart if you don't have it. So nowadays we get to, you know, we do tend to be more lax with that definition because in the modern world, things like food, rent, utilities, phone, insurance, medicine, toiletries, clothing, school fees, internet, like we all consider that to be at needs right now. Whereas wants on the other hand include new clothes, home, decor, gifts, eating out, maybe fast food, books, music, movies, extra supplies for your home and school, especially when you already have enough in stock. As humans, we always sort of have this tendency to want more. And sometimes we allow the things that we really want to make us forget the things that we already have. We need to be willing, however, to delay short-term gratification for our long-term goals, especially like if you were wanting to save money or have more some inner peace and less stress, etc. So ask yourself, 
do you really need that? Do you really need one more t-shirt, one more pair of shoes, one more dress, one more bag? Same applies for anything in your home. Do you really need another coffee mug, another vase, another painting, another lamp? Do you really, really, really? Ask yourself that question before making any purchase. And most importantly, will you suffer greatly if you don't buy that item? And what would happen if you agreed to just walk away and see how you felt about the purchase tomorrow? So just live by that mantra. Like I love use it up, wear it out, make it do or do without. So that's an old fashioned philosophy. I learned that from my grandparents overseas. Okay, they didn't, they didn't have that luxury just going to the shops whenever they wanted to. They had to make the best of what they had. So don't throw anything away without making sure you've used it all. It's such a simple tip. Like if your shampoo condition's almost empty, like fill it with water to get a little bit more out. I remember when I used to be really savvy, I used to like use a leftover lipstick and put it in with some petroleum jelly to make some lip gloss. So you can find different ways to use different items completely before tossing it out. Now I want to say it isn't a crime to be frugal or creative. Instead, give yourself a pat on the back for doing your bit for the environment and learning how to use what you have rather than always rushing to the shops to replace every single little broken item. So just also consider reducing your waste. So every week we throw away things that we don't really need. So see if you can find alternative ways to reuse disposable items and make it your goal to cut back on waste just like look at your trash can and see exactly what you're disposing on every week so just aim for a waste-free lifestyle or as close as you can get it's just so good for the environment the other thing that you can do when it comes to becoming a minimalist is assess your previous purchases to so take a walk around your house right now okay this is going to be an eye-opening experiment and just assess all the things that you've purchased in the past are there some things that you regretted buying or that you still regret buying? Do you wish that you maybe didn't spend so much money on a particular item? And when did you get over the excitement of owning something new? Like, did you get over it after a year or one month or a week or a day? And if you could take the item back right now for a full refund, what would you do? Would you do it? And if so, why? Asking yourself these questions would hopefully help you make better decisions when buying future items. Another great tip is to do the stranger test. Imagine a stranger coming up to you and offering you the cash value of the purchase you're about to make or the actual item. What would you prefer to take, the money or the item? Now remember it works exactly the same way as spending. You can either choose not to buy something and you can keep the money in your pocket or you can give your cash away in exchange for that item. Because remember, if you don't buy it, there's more money in your pocket. This is a good test to do whenever you feel tempted to buy something impulsively. Another great tip is to avoid the shops and practice walking away. So a lot of us get into trouble when we go to the shops to buy just one thing and we come home with more than one thing. Okay, that happens to me often, especially when I get to do the groceries. But how often has it happened to you? For me, often. Now, my secret to buying less crap is to simply go to the shops less often. So just go less and then stick to the list that I have written. So I write a list in advance. You have to write it before you get to the shops, my friend. And when you pick up something that you didn't plan to buy, just practice putting it back on the shelf and just walking away for at least 10 minutes. And you'll usually find that you don't really need it during that time. This is a better example for like when you go to a department store as opposed to going to the grocery store and discovering that you didn't have milk on your list, but you really need it. But you guys get what I mean. And also don't just accept things or gifts just because they are free. Nothing in this world is truly free. I want you to keep that in mind that everything has a secret price tag attached to it. Even if it's invisible, such as unconscious guilt that you get from taking someone's old baggage. Maybe it's guilt from like feeling like you now have to return a favor. Just don't want to say yes if you don't really need it and you don't really mean it. Because the other person might be really happy that they managed to get rid of it. But now it's your item or problem to deal with. So you want to make sure that you really, really needed it. Another great tip is to let go of your need to impress other people. So the need to impress people who don't really matter to you is such a 
grossly overrated behavior. So to quote from the Fight Club movie, we buy things that we don't need with money we don't have to impress people we don't like. Okay, don't be one of those shallow materialistic people. Do not think of saying no to something as deprivation. Remember, you have chosen to embrace this minimalistic lifestyle. Well, if you have chosen, you've chosen it because it ultimately gives you more inner peace. So when you say no to a purchase, you aren't depriving yourself of something. You're saying yes to yourself. You're saying yes to having more money for the things that really matter in life. And there's another great quote that goes like this. We tend to forget that happiness doesn't come as a result of getting something we don't have, but rather of recognizing and appreciating the things we do have. So learn to be content with what you have. And my final tip is to work out what your values are. Like what are your values in life? This is so important because once you know what your values are, you can make better choices in your life. So remember, it's really difficult to be content with your life if your decisions are contrary to your values. So if I like to live simply and then I do things that obviously don't match up with that, that's just going to cause me discontent. Your values will provide you with a guide to living a content life. So what do you value? Do you value friendship and kindness and family? Maybe it's love, respect, or independence. Maybe it's ambition, material possessions, intelligence, or creativity. It can be anything. You get to decide. Just make sure that your life reflects those values you have and the choices that you make and that you aren't spending money buying stuff and trying to achieve something in your life that isn't in line with your greater beliefs and principles and your greater dream. So just to sum this all up. As we all get older, we're going to discover lots of things about life. You're going to discover that being rich, really rich, has nothing to do with money or material possessions. You're going to discover that being rich is a state of mind. There are some amazing things in this world that money cannot buy. There are going to be things that you will never find in a store. You're never going to find love or dreams or family, friends, happiness, hope, time, and wish come true. You can't pick those things up from a store. A shelf. They don't have like a price tag attached to it that you can order it off Amazon. True wealth instead is about finding peace and joy in your life. It's about having a serene sense of calmness in your heart that isn't at the mercy of this crazy, hectic world. And for me, minimalism has given me that sense of peace. So it's about having the ability to stop and laugh, smell the roses and be present in this moment instead of living in the future or the past. Because the real measure of your wealth is how much you would be worth if you lost all your money. And that, my friend, is the real joy of living a minimalistic life because you know deep down that everything you value is inside of you. So let's strive to like keep things really simple rather than overcomplicating our lives if we don't need to. We don't need to drown ourselves in stuff. So if you are really keen to live a little bit more simply, make sure to check out my Less Is More handbook. You can find it on dreambigmyfriend.com. It just goes so much deeper into discussing how to be a minimalist, which is something that I really recommend that you consider trying. So as always, thank you so much for being with me here on this episode. You know, I love and appreciate you all. Take care and I will catch you next time. Until then, dream big, my friend. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved this episode, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out. And if you really loved it, you can show your support by leaving a review on iTunes. For more inspiration, head over to dreambigmyfriend.com where you will find even more content for all the dreamers out there. Until next time, dream big, my friends.